Good morning, Noblesville First. Uh, welcome in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to worship today. We're so glad that you're joining us on this live feed. Uh, just so you know, uh, today we are trying some new things with this live feed, so if there are any technical glitches along the way, please uh, forgive us and be patient as we correct those, uh, but we'll be back online if we pop off for any uh, reason uh, during this time together. Let us begin our time of worship today with our call to worship. Keep us, good Lord, under the shadow of your mercy in this time of uncertainty and distress. Sustain and support the anxious and fearful and lift up all who are brought low. We rejoice in your comfort and care, knowing that nothing can separate us from your love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And now we're going to sing together. I invite you to pray with me. Lord, we trust that you're with us now as we come together, not only in this sanctuary, but through the airways as people in their homes. May they feel your presence now. We call upon you to bring the hope that we need in this challenging time. We ask that you bring us together and help us stay united as a faith community, but also the rest of the world. Sometimes challenges like this bring out the worst in us. It can also bring out the best. And may we, as your people, as followers of Jesus Christ, may we lead the way to bring love forward in all that we do. Through Christ we do pray now. Amen.
as we now enter this time of prayer, let us be reminded that today we are together while apart. We are together while apart. Together while apart. We are held together by the love of Christ and we are keeping ourselves apart from one another for everyone's good. Don't forget that we all around the world are in this together and love will carry us through. This morning we continue to pray for medical professionals and other first responders, for those who are sick, for our state and national leaders as they pass legislation that remembers the most vulnerable and provides the most impactful relief measures, for those who are experiencing a job loss or disruption, for parents and grandparents caring for children in new and expanded ways, for teachers working overtime to get lessons online and stay connected to their students. We also pray for Emma Paris, who works at Rosie's and has been hospitalized in the ICU. Uh, we have received uh, some uh, good news that she is making progress, but it's still a very serious situation. Uh, we pray for Joyce Lewis, who is recovering from uh, multiple dog bite injuries, uh, and we express sympathy to uh, Tom Shriver McGreevy and his family upon the loss of his grandfather, Jim Rhodes, and to uh, Steve Wolford also on the loss of his brother, Reverend Paul Wolford. We also encourage you to keep telling uh, stories of strength and hope and resilience and connection during this time. These stories and a renewed commitment to the common good will help build a path that will uh, help us lead into the future after this crisis is over. So let us now uh, join together in our call to prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, you taught us to love our neighbor and to care for those in need as if we were caring for you. In this time of anxiety, give us strength to comfort the fearful, to tend the sick, and to assure the isolated of our love and your love. For your name's sake, amen. Now we're going to take a moment of silent prayer, and today I'd like to do it a little bit differently than we normally do. In times of high stress and anxiety like many of us are experiencing right now, uh, we sometimes find it difficult to pray. So today during our silent prayer time, I will offer a few guiding phrases to help us along the way. So let us pray. Let us take a few moments to recall and silence the events of the past week. Help us remember the things that we did last week, the things that we did well, and the things that we did not so well. Let us remember the things that happened to us, the things that brought us pain, and the events that brought us joy. In our reflection, let us mark an end to this week gone by. Let us offer it upon the altar, knowing that even with its imperfections and incompleteness, it is accepted, just as each of us is accepted and loved. Amen. And now let's have... Um, hear our, our pastoral prayer, and then I'll ask you to join me in our pastoral, or excuse me, join me in the Lord's Prayer. Gracious and eternal God, our church doors may be shut and our members may be quarantined, but yet your grace abounds. May that grace wash over us now. While the unknown is exhausting and fear is real, Help us trust in your never-ending care. Calm us with your Holy Spirit and remind us once again that you come to the powerless not to console them in their powerlessness, but to remind them of their power. This past week, gracious God, you have reminded us of our power. We have called friends and family, posted an encouraging word on Facebook, 
or other social media, taking groceries to our neighbors, supported local restaurants so their employees can remain employed as long as possible, shared our resources, and we have prayed. We have the power to stand with each other, and this helps us remember that no one ever stands outside the circle of God's love. Be with all who are sick, with those separated from their families in nursing homes and hospitals, and with those struggling with the loss of loved ones and the necessity of postponing or having virtual funerals. Let those working tirelessly during this time, doctors, nurses, researchers, grocery workers, custodian, farm workers, delivery drivers, and teachers, feel your strength and know that their efforts are appreciated. Help us to be patient with one another and heed the advice of health officials to stay at home, to wash hands regularly and to maintain at least six feet of social distancing whenever we must be with others. And gracious God, as we begin to recognize society is going to be permanently changed by this crisis, help us work hard to make sure society is changed permanently for the better. Let us learn the lessons of this time well for the good of the human family and the future of our planet. We pray all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, as we've gathered here at the church, we are practicing safe social distancing and trying to sanitize carefully. So we hope that you're following suit and doing the same as well. I want to bring a few announcements to you. And the first thing I want to lift up is that we are launching a new app. And this timing wasn't of our own choosing. Uh, Our company turned over their app development to a different uh, company, and so we've had to follow suit. But the good news is it brings some additional features to us that's going to be especially helpful in this time. So, for example, you can take uh, the front page of that uh, app, and you'll discover that the sermons option will allow you to tune into this live stream. Also, you can access any previous sermon that's been preached here at Noblesville First. And the opportunities to serve, we've got these designed each week, and they're changed each week to cover the, the things that we're offering right now, even in this time when we're practicing social, safe social distancing. And the good news is it will, if you respond there with your name and email, that email will get sent to the person who's overseeing that particular ministry. And there's a really very simple way to download that app. To update the app, just access the app once it's downloaded. If you got iPhone, it does it automatically, uh, and then it will call you to set up your profile. Or if you're an Android user, you'll have to go and delete this current app and go pick up a new one. But a simple way to do it is simply to take your phone and text 77977, and in that message for that number, put NFUMC app, hit send, and it'll take you right to the process to get set up for that. Second thing I want to bring to your attention is that uh, we had a great idea that came from our music team. Uh, They're going to be offering a hymn of the week. And uh, Jeff Wright and Kate Baker uh, thought that we could do this and and pick the hymn each week. And if you would take the time and sing the hymn, post it on Facebook, or play the hymn with some instrument you're good at, or get the people that you are practicing safe social distancing together and sing it together, post it, And we'll be able to enjoy that each week. And hopefully we'll be able to show something next Sunday of that hymn. Now the hymn for this week is, I Need Thee Every Hour. I Need Thee Every Hour. Okay, so go to work. Let's have some fun with it and enjoy it. Third thing I want to mention is that we have available to all of our small groups or UMW circles or any other group that would like to utilize it, our Zoom meeting feature. It's video conferencing. And uh, Tom Shriver and I can give you the link to it, and all you got to do is email that link to whoever's in your group, and they can easily get on and be 
with each other by video if they've got a phone with a camera, laptop, or tablet, or you can also tune in with audio using the number that will be supplied as well. So take advantage of that. Let's keep connected together during this time. And then finally, for our stewardship moment, I'd just like to show a picture of our Tuesday staff meeting. We gathered together, and as you'll see, we spread apart to make sure that we stayed safe with one another. And I want you to know that we've been working hard this week trying to figure out how to continue ministry in this time where we have to use virtual formats and trying to figure out what content can be helpful to you with this additional time that you may have. Please know also that our teeter farm work is ramping up and it's going to be absolutely necessary even more in this time to make sure that we have the food available to feed hungry people and reduce food insecurity in Hamilton County. Please know that we're doing everything we can to trim our costs. We're cutting down the, the use of the building as much as possible. We're only going to hold Monday uh, office hours Monday through Friday in the morning. Uh, we're trying to reduce our expenditures there. We've even had a couple of staff people who've offered to cut back their hours. So please know we're doing everything we can. So we hope that you'll continue to give and know that ministry continues on. And you can give in many different ways. You can uh, drop by in the office and, and drop by your check, or you can put it in the mails to 2051 Monument Street. Uh, you can go to our website. There's a give link that tells you everything you need to know. Or again, use the Noble, Noblesville First mobile app, and you'll find the simple instructions there. And you can simply access that as well by texting 77977 and typing NFUMC, and that'll take you right to our give app there as well. So we hope that you might even download that app now or, or give now as we hear an offertory by Amanda Lindorf and Rachel Snyder. But before we do so, let me pray for the offering we're about to receive. Lord, we thank you in these unique and challenging times that your spirit is still out there. And we seek as your servants to continue to offer that spirit to all those in need, whether it's by phone whether it's bringing food to the apartments next door, whether it's planting seeds in that ground that's going to bring food to hungry people later on. Your ministry continues. Help us to be generous as you are generous. Help us to be faithful as you are always faithful to us. Through Christ we do pray. Amen.
Good morning. Welcome to Noblesville First United Methodist Church's live stream again. I'm Matt Hantelman, and I'm one of the pastors here at Noblesville First, and I'm glad that you've decided to log on with us this morning. We're going to be continuing our Lent study on the walk and five essential practices of Christian life. If you missed Sunday morning live stream last week on service, again, uh, you can check it out on the church website, the same place you'll be able to access this sermon again if you'd like to afterwards. And this week, the essential practice is giving. I'd like to discuss with this with you through a verse found in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. It says this, Stop collecting treasures for your own benefit on earth, where moth and rust eat them and where thieves break in and steal them. Instead, collect treasures for yourself in heaven, where moth and rust don't eat them and where thieves don't break in and steal them. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. I think the first thing to point out for this verse is that it's a metaphor. I don't believe Jesus is telling us to find a way to open a heaven's bank savings account or to literally collect things anywhere. This may seem reasonable in context, but I want us to remember that as we, get, as we begin to walk through it. Because I know for me, looking at those verses through the years, my attempts at understanding them were trying to come up with what the mirror image of earthly treasures were. If earth treasures are these things, then heaven's treasures are those things. And they are different, even if they're not physical things. I've heard people say that treasure in heaven is the number of souls that you've led to God that you can, like, store up, or prayers you've said, or times you've read through the Bible, or whatever, as if the idea is to actually make a heavenly stockpile of goods to counteract earthly treasures. And I think that's trying too hard to make the metaphor fit. So I want to focus this morning on what it means to live in such a way that our hearts are in the right place. Because this passage is nested around a couple passages in the Sermon on the Mount. Before it, there's praying and fasting, which comes up as a heart issue. And then after it is worrying about provisions on earth, which is a heart issue. Which leads me to believe that I think this too is a heart issue, which comes up in our last verse of this passage, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. We had a discussion about this at Thursday worship this week, so I'm aware that there's some argument to be had here, but my thought is that this only works in one direction. You can't just put your heart somewhere and expect your treasure to follow. Simply caring a lot about things doesn't mean that we necessarily invest in those things. If it did, then just caring a lot about the world's problems would mean there wouldn't be problems anymore. Because just caring about them would cause us to fix them. But there's something about building up treasures somewhere that changes your outlook, changes your priorities. When you yourself dive into something and invest in it, your heart follows, and then you typically want others to follow too. And this is why it's important to get past the idea that it's just trading material things for godly things, because both can be treasured or not. And that's also why it's not where your money is or where your stuff is or where your time is or where your possessions are, but where your treasure is that your heart will also be. What you've invested in, the things that cause you to change your priorities. When I do offering liturgy in services that have it, I've had a, a saying that I use for a while now that goes like this. If you're our guest today, I don't want you to feel obligated to give. We want this service to be our gift to you. 
But if you're a member of this church, if you believe in its ministries and its outreach, then we invite you to give with your gifts and tithes and offerings. And I mean that because without the belief part, without investing yourself into a church and storing treasures somewhere, you're not creating that treasure. You're fulfilling an obligation, which isn't typically something worth fighting for. It's not something worth growing in or advocating for. I want to help people plug in and see what the church is doing so that they want to invest for the betterment of the community around us and the coming kingdom of God. Because when people are invested, this can become a place where people are storing treasures. And then they become more than just members. They become advocates. Their hearts are in it. And this spreads out far beyond the church. The way that we can help the world. The way that we can help our neighbors and build our community together. So as you go throughout this week, I want you to think about where you are currently an advocate. What things have you invested in? that you are inviting others into. These are the places that you are storing treasures. And where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Amen. Just so you know, I added a couple of verses that uh, you'll not see on your screen uh, just to help better grasp the full context of Jesus' teaching in this passage found in Luke uh, chapter 6, verses 36 to 38. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Thank God for the gift of Scripture. Well, over the past week, um, on more than one occasion, when confronted by the news, health directives, and economic disaster facing many people in our world, I have found myself saying, Lord, have mercy. For most of us self-sufficient types, This is usually a phrase that we only utter when all else has failed, when all of our intellectual, emotional, financial resources have been expended, and yet we still find ourselves in a mess. Then and only then do we ask God to have mercy on us and the world. This cry for God's mercy is understandable in times like these, but it is also only an acknowledgement of who God is. God is merciful. Thank God, God is merciful. And God's mercy knows no limits. It is abundant, it is generous, it is ever-flowing. God is generous to all people. God is astonishingly merciful. And God is forgiving to the deserving and the undeserving alike. It is only when we discover this is the sort of God that we are dealing with that we have any chance of making this life of abundance, mercy, acceptance, forgiveness, and generosity our own. Jesus, in this teaching, tries to make God's generosity visible with a very tangible illustration in verse 38, which says, A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, uh, running over, will be put into your lap. So you have to imagine this as a dry measurement here. So we're looking at like a container and maybe some dry grain that is being put into this container. And as more is added, you press it down and you shake it a little bit and you make it move so so more can fit in. And when you think, ah, that's probably about all it can fit, you pour a little more and you shake it. And, oh, there's room for more. And there's keep doing that, kept pressing it down. And there's always more until eventually it overflows. The abundance of the grain, it overflows the container. It's, it's pouring out of the container. 
God's mercy transforms our calculated measurement into abundance and generosity. And this is the glorious world Jesus invites us to see and to participate in together. Theologian and former Anglican Bishop of Durham, N.T. Wright, observes, The kingdom that Jesus preached and lived was all about a glorious, uproarious, absurd generosity. Think of the best thing that you can do for the worst person and go ahead and do it. Think about what you'd really like someone to do for you and do it for them. Think of the people to whom you are tempted to be nasty and lavish generosity on them instead. These instructions have a fresh, spring-like quality. They are all about new life bursting out energetically like flowers growing through concrete and startling everyone with their color and vigor. In these difficult days, bask in the glory of abundant life. Pay attention to the generous gifts that you have been given and recognize the gifts of others. And share your gifts with one another, trusting in the mercy of of our great God that will get us through this time together. Please also remember that we are still producing the Faith First. You'll find it on your website uh, on the tab under worship. So I hope that you utilize that as well. Excuse me as I get my props together. Well, you'll find that the scriptures we're preaching on today come out of the chapter in the book of the walk, as we talk about give, and I gave Matt and Aaron first choice on which scriptures they wanted to preach on, and I was afraid I'd get stuck with this Acts passage from the 20th chapter, and quite honestly, not that it's a bad passage, but it just comes across as so trite. You've heard but how many times it's more blessed to give than to receive. It sounds like some of those things that are not actually in the Bible, but we think it is, like cleanliness is next to the godliness, or God helps those who help themselves. But this particular passage actually is in the Bible. So let me read it to you now from the 20th chapter of Acts. Now I entrust you to God in the message of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all whom God has made holy. I haven't craved another silver, gold, or clothing. You yourselves know that I have provided for my own needs and for those of my companions with my own hands. In everything, I have shown you that by working hard, we must help the weak. In this way, we remember the Lord Jesus' words, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Well, this passage obviously is in the Bible, spoken by Jesus, Paul claims. And it's important that we put it in context because Paul didn't share this message in order to encourage the elders at Ephesus to give to him, but in order to remind them that all the people they will be bringing into their church, all the people, many who come from poverty, they need to be strong and to work hard so that they can help the people that is brought to them. Paul himself set the example. He was a tent maker who earned all of his own expenses for not only him, but the companions who were with him in the ministry that he did. Paul knew what he's talking about when he said, blessed it is to give than to receive, because he lived in his entire life for others. His whole life, that's what it was about. And you know what that feels like. Let, let me give you an example. I brought my Indiana University athletic bag here, and I've got all kinds of uh, items. All these items, and I'm sorry for all you Purdue fans out there, just bear with me. I hope that you still get the point. But uh, my, uh, my children, whenever they're not sure what to get me at Christmas and on birthday, they know if they get me something with IU on it, they're good to go. So I got like my Indiana University shirt here. I've got the sweater that I wear all the time with IU on it. I've got the pullover that goes over on top of it. I've even got the hat. I've got quite a few of these. And then on top of that, I've got 
IU Indiana University pajamas. And then everybody needs some Indiana University socks. And just to finish things off well, I've even got fluffy slippers here with IU on it. The point is, I enjoy watching my kids when I'm opening a gift at Christmas or on my birthday. And I watch their face because they know if they get me something with IU on it, I'm going to be happy. I love that anticipation. And you know what that feeling is like as well. You've probably taken time to put a lot of forethought and planning into a gift for someone that you love and care about. You know that joy. It is a tremendous joy. Now, I spent a lot of time looking at trying to figure out how generous are we as a society. When we talk about giving, do we really give well? And you can look at this from so many different ways. I found a few interesting statistics. According to the largest percentage of uh, charitable foundations that the average percentage of giving, of charitable giving in America is between 3 and 5%. Now the interesting thing is you look at a bar graph on who gives the most based on income levels, you find the lowest amount of giving comes from the group that make between 200,000 and 250,000. They give on average 2.4% of their income to charity. People that make 45 to 50,000 give 4%. And if you look at that bar graph, it gets higher on both ends from that 200,000 figure. And of course, remember, the biblical tithe is 10% when you compare that giving. And one more fun fact, you might want to know that Warren Buffett has already pledged 85% of his entire 45 billion fortune to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And his rationale is, that it's, he better give it to people that are younger than him and know how to give better than he would be able to give. Of course, that's kind of easy when you make that 15% of $45 billion, still quite a bit. But the bottom line is, no matter how much we make, no matter how much we give, the reality is we can probably all be more generous than we are. You've probably heard me say before that if we could just get everybody in America to give 10% of their income to anything or any combination of charities, imagine the country that we could have. Imagine how much we'd make sure that all people have what they need in this world. So let me just close by saying that now more than ever, it is time to give. And I'm not just talking about money. It's time like this when we see the stock market going up and down, we see our retirement savings shrinking, when we fear for our job security, when we feel that even being around other people is dangerous, is the time we need to give more. Now more than ever is the time to exercise our faith. And if we don't give of ourselves, we're in danger of seeing our world shrinking around us, the world close around us, depression can take over. And we'll miss out on the blessings of our God who is a generous God. Because when we give, we open our hearts and spirits to God's blessings to flow through us. So let me recommend this week that you find some way to give. Find a way to be generous. Write a note to somebody you haven't talked to in a long time. Pick up the phone and call somebody in the church family that you haven't seen. I was moved already earlier just looking at the Facebook feed and your comments and to see so many names of people. I haven't seen you for a while and I miss you already. Make a phone call to someone else. Or email our farm manager, Katie Rogers, out at the Teeter Farm. Because right now we need volunteers and you can go out there and practice safe social distancing as an individual or as a family. Or choose your favorite restaurant here in town for delivery or carry out. Help keep them in business in this challenging time. And now more than ever is the time to give to those charities that are there for the people who are marginalized in our world. So please, let your spirit know that God is in charge. He'll be there for us. He's still in control. He'll walk with us every way through this crisis. And we'll come out so much better if we live knowing we're more blessed to give than to receive. Let's pray quickly. Lord, we thank you for the word that's come in these different ways, for these scriptures that speak so plainly about the call to give of ourselves in every way possible, not just our financial resources, 
but with our time, our energy, and now with our spirits. This is our hope and prayer for all persons. In Christ we, we pray. Amen. Today we're going to have a question and answer time, so feel free to submit any questions you might have for us. As you uh, go through this time uh, where the kids are off of school, we wanted to give you a few ideas of ways to maybe make this a little more enjoyable for everyone. Uh, and also uh, just uh, give you some ideas because we know sometimes in unexpected circumstances uh, we're not always prepared. And so we have to just kind of uh, figure things out as we go. So we've collected some information from several people. Uh, Amber Good here, our director, our uh, coordinator of children's ministry. Uh, Lindsay Sheridan, our preschool director, and myself have submitted a few items. And we know you all have some too. So feel free uh, to also share some ideas that you have. Uh, but feel free to ask us any questions. We wanted to just start out giving you a couple of things that we thought about. Um, during this time, uh, routine is important. So. Uh, well, I don't mean you have to set an exact time to get up and, and be militant about it. It is always good to uh, set some routines, especially to help your kids if they're doing e-learning during this time. Um, some things you can do also are read a book together, uh, spend some time uh, reading together or alone. Um, something that we've been doing a lot of and my daughter's been really interested in is cooking and baking. Uh, so she's uh, constantly wanting to try some new things and also learn how to cook. Uh, and do it safely. So that may be something if you have a gift for, for cooking or maybe you have someone in your family that's a wonderful cook. You call them on the phone or, or put them on FaceTime or some video conferencing and, and let them cook with you even though you're apart. Something else that we've been trying to do, I have a great grandfather who's in his 90s and he tells some really wonderful stories. So this week one of the things we're gonna do is uh, have my daughter get on the phone with him and just have him tell her some of those stories that unfortunately a lot of the times we just don't take the time uh, in our regular schedule to, to listen to. So that'll be a wonderful thing. So take advantage of things like FaceTime and Skype and Zoom uh, to family, to be with family and friends. Also it's important to have a little variety in your time together so you don't get kind of caught in a rut uh, or get frustrated. Uh, so alternate times of rest and play and work and screen time, uh, cleaning and chores and reading. And the last thing that I wanted to share with you, uh, we're still waiting so for some questions, so if you have any, feel free to, to chime in, uh, but uh, is we have a couple of bird feeders and a little ground feeder in our backyard, and so we've been trying to be extra nice to the animals during this time because they can bring a lot of enjoyment as we're stuck inside. Uh, we can watch them out the window. 
uh, and then uh, you can spend some time looking up what animals they are, what birds they are on the internet, or if you have any books, you can check out those and uh, spend some time doing that uh, each day. Amber's got a few uh, ideas that she would like to share with you uh, as well. We've been watching our bird feeders too. We've had chickens come to ours. <laughs> the cats, the dogs, everybody's looking out <laughs> yeah. the window at the chickens and the squirrels. Yeah. Um, we also like to go uh, on hikes outside. So that might be something you all could do is get outside, go for a hike. Um, Teeter is great for that because there's not very many folks out there, um, but there are others, other parks quite close that everybody could visit. If it's too cold, which it has been, or too rainy, how about a family game night? Everybody pull your games out, sit down, play. Um, you don't like board games, you don't have board games, the kids refuse to sit for a board game, <laughs> do a video game. Do a video game playoff. If y'all have something like Mario Kart, I know Mason, he just got a PlayStation for his birthday. He likes to play video games on the driving. We had to get two, so <laughs> Tanner plays two. Uh -huh. Sometimes there's four connections, I believe you gurus out there know about these video connect connections with the whole family. Sit down, family of four, take your turns. Everybody gets a chance to drive and show the kids that they can't drive as well as the adults. <laughs> Maybe not. How about watch a family movie? Uh, if you've got Netflix, the internet's still up. <laughs> um, you can watch some of those things that your kids watch on YouTube. They may drive you crazy, or you may find something really cool that connects you out there. We haven't found that yet. <laughs> How about making your own family movie? So if your kids have their phone, get your own phone out. Make short little movies. Get the toys out, the Hot Wheels, the little animals, Barbie dolls, whatever you have. Get them out there and create your own little um, fun drama or adventure. Go on a hike over the kitchen counter. Sneak through the cabinets. Um, I don't know if the kids are going to like this one. How about an exercise routine? Pull it up on YouTube. Have exercises. And for those of you savvy parents out there that have been following the uh, Orange Express app, um, sorry, not the app, the page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook called Orange Express. Get out there, there's a video that I shared. It's of parents um, with young kids doing these very simple, but looks like the kids enjoy them activities. Like uh, jumping over a stick that the parent just sits <laughs> rolling a ball and catching it in cups kind of like the cup shuffling thing the wildflower walk um, we're still working on the um, specifics of that uh, we're kind of waiting to see what the climate um, not so much our weather but the viral weather um, what's coming forth of that, but I think it is still on. You're always, always welcome to come on out on your own. There are apps on the phone called Plant ID. Um, download that before you come out. Uh, you can always take a picture if you don't know what it is, and they're right there, and they're everywhere. Um, the only thing is, is don't count on there being in, and the restrooms are not going to be open. Comes with its own public health risk. So go to the bathroom before you come out. Whether or not we hold an official walk, go to the bathroom first. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how about some yoga routines? You say, do what? Well, there are yoga routines for kids and adults um, out on the web. So, do a quick search. Um, this helps with your own spiritual well-being because we're in a really strange time. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around this craziness. It's like we're out of a movie, right? So I'm um, just taking some time to be mindful of where you are in this place and time. 
Sure, we just got a question. Uh, one idea we received is to upload special talents to YouTube to teach others. That's a wonderful way uh, to spend some time. Um, that was one thing that uh, my daughter and I talked about this week is she got a camera for her birthday, but she doesn't really know how to use it. So we're gonna try to, we have a book, you know. <laughs> so that'll be fun. But anyway, uh, just to try to figure out how to use some of its features. But yeah, if you have special talents, loading them for others to check out, that'd be a wonderful thing. Yeah, I also saw around my neighborhood, there's several uh, sidewalk chalk messages. Somebody suggested that. That's a wonderful thing to do. Also, yeah, check out your creative, you know, bring out the creativity. Uh, sometimes we don't think we're all that creative until we have to be. So even if you don't think you're creative, uh, just kind of think out of the box, uh, get out some uh, crayons, get out some paper, get out some uh, paint and things, and just give it a try and see what might happen. But sidewalk chalk on your uh, sidewalk is a wonderful way to share just an encouraging message uh, that while we can't be together when we go around and walk around our neighborhood neighborhoods, we can still at least support each other and, and send an encouraging word. Uh, Lindsay shared and also shared a couple of things we want to lift up. One thing she just said was, don't think you have to be a super mom or dad, because realistically, uh, few of us are with our kids all day, every day, most of the time, but now many of us are. And so the reality is we have to make some adjustments and um, it's okay to take some time out for yourself. Uh, she also encourages uh, free play, so just let the kids pick something that they want to do uh, and let them go at it. Um, she also suggested this would be a good time to maybe learn uh, how to write just an old-fashioned letter. Uh, maybe send it to a grandparent or someone else uh, who you would like. Uh, somebody asked the question, are dogs allowed at Teeter, and what are the hours that we can walk? Um, Dogs are allowed at Teeter, so normally we do allow dogs not in the growing areas, so not out in the fields, but on the trails, uh, we don't mind dogs coming out. Uh, and then also, uh, the hours are usually the daylight hours, so don't come out uh, you know, at night, obviously, uh, but come out during the daylight where you can see what's going on around you. And we ask that you just come out, and if you are there and other people are around, just maintain that good social distancing. Uh, Lindsay also asked, or suggested that uh, we spend some time teaching our kids a life skill. Uh, I plan on teaching my daughter how to do the laundry this week because she decided uh, the last week she was going to wear five outfits a day for some reason. So I've been doing laundry and dishes like nonstop at my house. So uh, laundry will be on our agenda. But she suggests, you know, maybe show them how to scramble eggs and do it with them, obviously, uh, or how to change their bed sheets or simple things like that that sometimes we as parents just do for our kids. Help them learn and become a part of what's going on in the household during this time. Uh, and then one other thing she suggested was separate. Just recognize that sometimes we just need a little time alone to ourselves. So uh, find a, a place where they can be, maybe in their rooms or uh, uh, either if you have you know, multiple siblings, they can be together for a little while. But find time just to separate and, and say, you know, we're going to spend an hour on our own. We're going to read, we're going to draw, we're going to um, do things on our own for an hour, and then we'll come back together just to give yourselves a break and keep uh, fighting uh, to a, a reasonable level. Well, those are the items that we have for you, and feel free to continue to share on our Facebook page anything else you might have thought of or you've come across that would be helpful to other parents uh, during this time. And... Um, just use this time to grow closer to one another and uh, trust that God will help us all through this difficult time. Thanks a lot. We look forward to seeing you again uh, next week.